Welcome to the Knackered Golfist. I heard today that Arnold Palmer had his birthday today on September 10th, 1929, and he would have been 91 years old today. And uh, he was known as the king of golf, and people loved him. You know, people flocked to see Arnold Palmer because there was this energy that surrounded him whenever he would play golf in professional tournaments. He he brought television to the uh, to the mainstream. He brought he brought golf to the mainstream on television, and I believe that in 1955, when he was a part of the U.S. Open at the Olympic Club, that's probably the first the first golf telecast that happened in the United States. And um, I think they only did, I'm not sure if they did the entire back nine, but I, I'm pretty sure they did at least five holes of the, uh, of the U.S. Open on television. So the reason why I wanted to, to share this or make this episode was because I had an encounter with Arnold Palmer. I had two encounters with him. I went to the, uh, to the 1995 Franklin Funds Shark Shootout in... Thousand Oaks, California, and I went to, it was at Sherwood Country Club, and I was a student at Cal Poly Pomona back in that time, back in the mid-90s, and I lived in Pomona at the time, and so Los Angeles is huge, so in order for me, so the, 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 the minutes or the miles that are between Pomona, California and Thousand Oaks, California is about two hours on the road, so it was a big deal for me to to live down in Southern California because I would have exposure to all of these PGA Tour tournaments while I was going to school down at Cal Poly Pomona. And so one of my, I mean, they had tournaments, you know, all in the wintertime and then they had one final tournament in the fall and then and then during Thanksgiving, they used to have the Skins game, which was down in uh, Palm Springs. But I went to, I went to several. Uh, well, not several. I, I, I probably did at least five, or I can't remember off the top of my head. But I went to this Franklin Fun Shark Shootout, which was a tournament hosted by Greg Norman, and it was a team sort of format kind of thing. And they had, you know, the best golfers in the world that were doing this best ball sort of competition for the weekend. And it was sort of, I think looking back on it now, it was a CBS sports uh, broadcast tournament on the weekend. And they, they did it in between football. And I think, I, I think it was sort of an edited sort of event or taped event that they would edit together to make a show. Uh, for the national audience, and I think um, they did. I mean, obviously they did it in between football games. You know, on it could have been. You know what? It could have been the time. It was during the time when CBS didn't have football. That's when they had it, because David Letterman made a big deal. It's like, hey, we lost the football. They're on Fox now. So, hey, CBS, what are you gonna do now? <laughs> so they turned to golf. So they kept golf going. From. Uh, from you know the the whole of the summer PGA Tour season to I think one event in the fall, which was the Franklin Fun Shark Shootout. So 
yeah, for years, Greg Norman had it at Sherwood, and then they moved it to, or then it became, I think, the uh, the Hero World Challenge that was Tiger Woods' tournament, and then they moved everything back east, like Florida, and then I think it's Jamaica or something where the other tournaments held now. But anyway, I was so thrilled to go to this event because this event was limited to only 5,000 people could attend this tournament, and so tickets for this event were sort of really, um, you know, you really had to be on the ball to get your tickets early, and you really had to make sure that you had your spot to get into this Franklin Fun Shootout, and it was a big deal tournament, I thought, because you could, you could really get close to the players, and there weren't so many people enthralling everything and it was the era before tiger woods it was the era that was i mean 95 was that was still greg norman sort of reigning on his uh golf supremacy in the 90s because he was he was the best he was the best in the world at the time and he used to play his uh events or his his group was with nick price and him and Nick Price used to just tear it up out there. And they, sh- I think they shot 55 one year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, so Arnold Palmer and Peter Jacobson used to play together at uh, this event and also at Peter's tournament, the Fred Meyer Challenge, which is up at uh, Portland, Oregon, that I went to, I think, once or twice, I think, because I have my uncle lives up there. And it was held at the uh, Oregon Golf Club back then. But Arnold Palmer was a big deal, and I used to, like, think about and I would think about all this stuff. It's like, what am I going to do to prepare because I know Arnold Palmer's going to be there? And so I went out and I bought a, a bottle of Pennzoil. That's what I did. I went and bought a bottle of Pennzoil off the shelf at, like, a at like a Safeway or... No, it was Vaughn's down in Pomona, down in Southern California. It was Vaughn's. So... You know, it's like, what's this guy buying a single bottle of Pennzoil for? It's like, oh, who knows? It might be something weird. But I went to this tournament, and, you know, I brought my backpack in, and they were allowing fans to bring backpacks in. And I think it's, you know, because it was before, you know, 9-11 happened. But, uh, you know, I think the first encounter I had with him was in the morning. And he was just sort of walking. I mean, I was in this parking lot. It's so hard to remember the parking lot because I had a, uh, I was just, you know, I, I get there and I, I can't remember the golf course off the top of my head. For, but for some reason, you know, fans aren't allowed in the clubhouse. So people would be sort of, I think people sort of congregated around the entrance to the clubhouse because that's where the tour players were going into to sort of get ready for the day or whatever, get their clubs, to get their caddies, and go to the range and go putt on the green or whatever. But, um, you know, seeing, seeing uh, I think I just saw Arnold Palmer sort of milling around or autographing stuff for fans, and so I... I sort of got in line, and I uh, and I uh, had my bottle of Pennzoil out, and he just signed it. So I I still have it, and it's one of my prized possessions. And I'm not telling anybody where it is. So um, having a bottle of Pennzoil signed by Arnold Palmer is uh, a really cool memento from meeting him so then the day goes the day happens and so i'm out on the 
course, and I, I they let people bring in cameras. So I was smart. I went to the store and I got a disposable camera. And so I think I have a, uh, a photo album of, uh, of the shots that I took, which were pretty lame. But, you know, they're, they're decent. But, um, you know, there's pictures of Arnold Palmer going in between the greens and the tees, you know, signing stuff for people. It was just everywhere. People were, people were loving to see Arnold Palmer, and Palmer would just take pictures with people. He would sign autographs. He would, he would do it all. I mean, he would do all the fan stuff, and he would give people winks, and he would just say hello and laugh. And his laugh was so... Um, it was so, uh, I don't know, I don't know if iconic is the right word. I keep hearing that word, and I think it's a bit overused. But uh, there was just, uh, whenever he laughed, it was a big deal because you really, you, <laughs> you really knew when he was in a good mood because he was always in a good mood. He was always there, and people were just loving to see him, and it was just great. So at the end of the day, um, I remember sort of walking I don't know if I was done for the day or if I was done watching the guys hit balls on the range after the after their after their round in the afternoon but I just I mean oh they gave they gave the tour players they gave the players sort of uh, loner vehicles which I think were Cadillacs or something like that or or uh, they had to be because that was a big deal event you know so so that was the so I was sort of in the player parking lot. And, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I see Arnold Palmer in the parking lot with his, with his back to wherever I was coming from. And he was there with, like, probably his caddy and with somebody else. It could have been, I don't know who it was. And, and they were sort of doing something at the back end of the car uh, with the clubs. And they were just sort of, like, looking at the clubs or whatever. And so I decided, you know, hey, I'm going to go... Because I read this thing in Golf Digest, you know, the, the top 10 things you have to do as a golf fan. And one of them is to shake Arnold Palmer's hand. And it could have been, like, the top five or the number one thing to do. And, and it's like, okay, I got to take this opportunity and I got to try to shake his hand. Because this is probably the best representation of a sports hero that anybody's ever seen and anybody has ever come across and to be there with him in that moment was something that I'll always remember. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. So I walk up to him and I and I you got to be, you know, you had to be really really sort of proper and the whole etiquette thing played into played into everything. And that's why he says, you know, when, whenever you're in my clubhouse here at Bay Hill, you got to take your hat off. And so he he said that to a few young guys and I was like, "Dude, you don't know that? Come on." You're in Arnold Palmer's clubhouse. Take your freaking hat off. You know, that's what you do. So, have respect. Come on, dude. So, anyway, I'm walking up, and I, and I, and I sort of said, you know, excuse me, Mr. Palmer. And he says, yes. Yes, is what he said. And I said, Mr. Palmer, can I shake your hand? And he, and he says, yes, you can. And so he turned around, looked me right in the eye, and I said to him, it was so great to see you out there on the course today. And I think he said, 
he was like, well, thank you so much for coming out. It was great to be here, something like that. So I shook his hand. And he had a handshake that I'll always remember. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a firm handshake. It was a proper sort of World War II era sort of that sort of Frank Sinatra era sort of handshake where, you know, you knew it was sincere. And that's the sort of way that people greeted one another back then, especially men. You know, you had a firm handshake, and that meant you were somebody to be respected and somebody to... I mean, you show respect to your fellow man, no matter if you have a disagreement with them. You show respect to your fellow man. I mean, you obviously like them. I mean, you're meeting someone for the first time. That sets the tone for the relationship for the rest of time. And so that handshake showed me that you always have to be, you always have to have a good impression on your first visit with someone. So it it was just an amazing experience. And so I felt like in that moment, I felt like I was sort of, I was sort of accepted. I was accepted and I was, it was great. I mean, he, he, I mean, I feel like in, I feel weird about talking like this, but to shake Arnold Palmer's hand was just something that I'll always remember. And it's like you, you, he made you feel like you were, a, you, he made you feel important and he made you feel, um, like you were somebody worth being with. And I mean, mentioning that it could have, I mean, maybe the culture is, is, a, is a part of, the culture where he came from in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, because that's where Mr. Rogers came from. Mr. Rogers came from Latrobe, and he was known for being this very, very present sort of person with people. And Arnold Palmer in that moment was was present with me. And so I'll always remember that for the rest of my life. And it's something that it's really hard to explain to somebody, you know, for like three minutes or something. But you really get a sense of your your place kind of thing because if you treat someone with respect they're going to treat you back with respect so anyway i think i think i'm gonna i think that's about it so i think that's all about all i can remember and you know it was really really an amazing experience so his his birthday is today september 10th and he would have been 91 years old today and um i it's it, it's it's sad that he's not here anymore, and so his legacy lives his legacy lives on forever, and he is a he is one of golf's I mean if not the golf uh, icon of the 20th century, just as far as the fans go. So anyway, thanks for listening, and um, let's keep it uh, let's keep it good out there. Thanks again for listening to the Knackered Golfist. Four, please. The Knackered Golfist now driving. <laughs>